Welcome to the Leadership Void Podcast. Enrique and Vince here, and we're all about helping you develop and fill the areas of void in your leadership. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Leadership Void Podcast. Enrique and Vince here providing one more special guest. And we're, we're just so fortunate to have and be surrounded by so many uh, veterans or military-centric people in our local community uh, that are doing great things. And Vince, I'm going to let you introduce, but I'm excited. Absolutely, Enrique. You know, Florida is becoming, will become the number one state to have veteran-friendly. We're working our way from third to second. So um, we here in Central Florida have the honor and privilege to talk to Jeremiah Fuller, Chief Executive at Highland. We thank you for being here on the show, uh, Jeremiah. First, again, we're, we're just so happy, but tell us a little bit about you, your journey. Well, first, thank you both for having me. Uh, honored, humbled, I don't even know the words. I, I've seen the likes that you've already had on the show and just to be recognized and be on the show, hopefully I can live up to the expectations that the other folks have had. Um, but a little bit about me. So from California, even though I live in Florida, I'm blessed to have awesome parents that raised me the right way. Um, and I, I guess what got me in the military to start with is I watched one too many Rambo movies or Chuck Norris or those back in the 80s and 90s and thought, hey, that's what I want to do with my life. Let's go in the Army for a little bit. Um, get in the Army, went to basic at Fort Benning in Georgia, ended up at Fort Stewart. Um, as a E2, I got my expert infantry badge, which was amazing. Um, was in Kosovo, Iraq for the invasion, combat infantry badge. Got out around 2004, um, said, don't want to move home. Let's go to central Florida. That seems like a lot better place. There's more humidity, you know, way more bugs. So that's way better than California and the awesome weather. So I'll be there. So I've been down here in uh, central Florida ever since then. Um, went to the University of Central Florida uh, during those three and a half years that I, I got my degree. I was in the reserves at the time. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that really stuck out to me over the time is um, I was lost. Didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I was in a fraternity and I had fun and, you know, I got the degrees and I got a job. But man, I was lost. When you leave the military, it's just such a brotherhood, sisterhood that it's tight knit you know, the things that you've seen, if you've been deployed, you can't really talk about them on the civilian side. And until recently, quite frankly, PTSD was sort of one of those stigmas that we don't talk about. Let's put it in a closet. You know how the military is. Let's compartmentalize. Uh, the joke, at least in the infantry was, you know, if I got a broken leg, let's just go get some Motrin and water and let's drive on. You know, if you're sick, Motrin, water, drive on. You know, I'm missing an arm, Motrin. So everything was Motrin and water. And then you get to the civilian side and it's more, well, tell me how you feel. And that's just not in the military. And for, for good reason. I mean, if you're deployed and you're being shot at, you don't have time to think. You need to react. It's got to be quick. Let's be decisive. Lives are on the line. Um, and so there just wasn't that big support structure around PTSD and the stigma and all that. And it was a good thing. And, you know, I, I kind of drifted through. I had some really good jobs over time. And Fortunately, um, a really good buddy of mine, Joe, at Highland, where I currently work, for three, four years said, hey, I think you would love it. I think it would be amazing. You at least need to interview. And I told him, no, I'm done. I don't want to do that. And then finally, thankfully, I took him up on the offer. And the 
thing that stuck out most in the interview wasn't pay, wasn't, you know, here's what the day-to-day look like. Um, John, who is the hiring manager says, what would you do from a nonprofit standpoint? Highland's still owned by the Highlands. It's family orientated. We give back and we expect our employees to give back. Light bulb went off. You know, I've done a little bit of uh, nonprofit work, but it was very minimal. And in between that meeting and the final starting at Highland, I was at a, a chili cook-off and there's this big, huge gentleman barking orders at ex-military, ended up being Derek Grimm at the Camaraderie Foundation. And he's talking about chili meatballs and all this and gave me a card to the camaraderie. And it was just one of those, you know, marriages that you never knew was going to be. I start at Highland and they go, well, we told you about nonprofits. What do you want to do? And I pull out my little card and I say the camaraderie foundation. And that started what's now been probably the best blessing I've had as far as getting me centered, getting me back to passion and all that was, I've been a mentor going on four years. I'm blessed to have been on the board starting this year. It's got me into a ton of other military organizations in Central Florida, the Navy League, the Marine Corps, the Army, you name it. And it's almost getting me back in that tight-knit community again. And you feel safe. And then it's one of those when I was in the mentorship and I'm thinking, man, I'm the youngest guy here by 15 years. These are all, for the most part, retired military. Why can't they figure it out? And the light bulb goes off. What was I like when I got out? I didn't know how to write a resume. I was lost. I didn't know how to communicate with civilians. I didn't know how to network. My version of networking in the military as a sergeant is do what I say or you do a bunch of push-ups. And now you're on the civilian side. You can't talk to people that way. And so that's when it really started to impact me that, hey, I might not have as many life experiences, but I'm 15 years ahead of most of these folks coming out I can expedite and bend that curve to where they can get what they want way quicker than I ever did. So it was just one of those matches made in heaven that's just amazing, which kind of brings us to today that I think I'd still be lost if I didn't find my passion, which is really not only my family and, you know, I've got three awesome boys and I've got the best wife in the world, but that nonprofit part was missing. That giving back to the military was missing. And so I'm just blessed that I, I finally figured that out. You know, might have taken 10 years, but at the end of the day, as long as you figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that uh, background. And I tell you that uh, we all know each other, right? So from organizations and things that we participate here in sure. uh, Central Florida, but, uh, and have had lunches and, and all kinds of, even breakfast at one time. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but Highland, right? Because you impacted me directly. Right. And so I, w- I want to focus on Highland for a little bit because your advice was pivotal for me when I was working in the workforce to get things that I normally would not even think about. Right. And so I want you to take a little bit of time and explain to us what Highland does and, and what sure. you're doing. Um, first, I'm just blessed to work at Highland. Um, it's a, the Highland still own Highland. It's a fourth generation family owned insurance brokerage. Um, I'll get into what that really means in English in a second, but they really treat everybody like family. And, you know, I've worked at the fortune 500s and I've got the awards and you go on the trips and you come downstairs and you're in that big room with all the muckety mocks and they walk over and they go, Oh, hi, Jeremiah. It's great to meet you. You're just another number. And I'll, I'll still never forget. I'd been with Highland maybe a month. I'd met the current CEO, Mike Hyland. 
one time for a few hours, weeks and weeks previous. We're at this big, huge get together with everybody. The elevator door opens. I don't have a name tag on. Mike turns around and says, hey, Jeremiah, how are you doing? Uh, how is it like living out in the middle of nowhere? You know, do you still have an alligator in your pond? On and on and on. There's no way that this guy knew me for, you know, a few hours at one point. And at this point, it's almost like we're best friends. It's intentional. And that's something that stuck with me is just how they treat their people. And it's just a, a, been a blessing to have been working here almost four years now. Um, but sort of to back up. So what does insurance brokerage and all that kind of stuff mean? So it's kind of three facets, if you will. So we help people place property and casualty insurance that could be like workers comp, general liability, stuff like that. That's one arm, that's probably the biggest arm um, holistically in the company. There's a, a newer division that's mergers, acquisitions, transactions. You know, do I wanna buy a company? Do I wanna sell a company? Do I need capital so I can grow my company? What does that look like? And that's a very big emerging market, especially currently with what's going on with COVID. And then the one that I picked is the employee benefit side. And it's the most uh, rewarding, in my opinion, side, because not only do I get to help employees, um, which is my primary focus, but the company as well. So I'm helping the bottom line and I'm helping using those dollars to what can I do to impact um, an employee. And, I, and I'm reading here to make sure I don't miss this because I'd be remiss when I'm looking at the Highland core values, family, hard work, honesty, respect, and empathy. Those remind me quite a few of the military values. Very strong correlation. And it's, I'd be remiss if I didn't say families first. And it was for a reason. And this just isn't, you know, the Highland saying, hey, these are our five core values. They did a study of prospects, you know, people that are associated with Highland, the employees, current clients, everybody. And this was more or less throughout our whole footprint, which were headquartered in Toledo, 14 offices, about 18 or 800 employees. It's one of the larger and privately owned insurance brokers in the country. And the thing that came to mind way above and beyond anything was family, which I just thought was amazing. I mean, here we are, we're this, you know, powerhouse that treats everybody with empathy and like their family. And you just don't see that anymore. You see everything going corporate, you see everything going to a numbers on a spreadsheet. And here we are investing back in the employees. Uh, we've got a, a mentor program. So I talk about, you know, I help on a mentor leadership side through the camaraderie. I've got mentors within Highland. We do podcasts, we do internal seminars, you name it, they're trying to put the resources around to see us succeed, to treat us like we were their own. And it's just uh, amazing to see, I, I couldn't be happier. Um, focusing on the employee benefits, um, we talked about, you know, I get to not only help the companies, but the uh, employees. And it's just one of those, you get to do something awesome. My job is to create a benefits experience to attract and retain the company's most important asset, which is the employees. I know we're all ex-military and we can all agree that when you had that really good team, you could conquer anything, no matter what. You were sick, somebody was picking up the slack. They were sick, you picked up the slack. The same holds true when it comes to the civilian side with all these companies out there. Um, it, unfortunately, you see a lot of companies treating the benefits like a, a budget item. You know, here's how much I have to spend. This is all I can use. What's the best I can do with that? And they call it a day. If people could start to think 
what kind of an experience can I give my folks? And I'll just do a quick example. What if we did a 5K every year? We brought food trucks that were paid for. Families are invited. We have carnival rides. We make it an experience. We make maybe three or four different prizes, 500 bucks. And the prizes, you get to donate that money to the nonprofit in your name. And we could, a litany of different ways that you could win. And now we're starting to create a culture. And if we can create a culture, we can drive behavior. And so I think that's a key component that a lot of companies, they're just not asking the right questions and they don't know that you could accomplish stuff like that. And I think to the point you were saying earlier, Enrique, probably the biggest gap that I see is you have all these retired veterans and they're on TRICARE. Well, guess what the benefits package doesn't include? Stuff that people on TRICARE are probably gonna need. So guess who's missing out on the whole experience, if you will? Probably your most important folks that you have, which is that veteran community. I mean, let's think about it. When you're a veteran, you've got that leadership, you've got the innate ability to get people to do what you want. I think we're pretty good under pressure. We're used to these huge budgets. We're used to deadlines that don't make sense. We have to adjust fire. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Well, guess who we missed out on? We're not incentivizing them to be engaged in that conversation. You're probably missing your biggest advocates and people that are the backbone of that organization. So it's just a, a question of what are we missing? How can we engage them? Let's shift our focus and our thinking a little bit. And if you can do things like that, you can see tremendous growth. And it's just one of those that uh, once people could see the light, the change would be enormous. And I'll use just the one example. So the company's called Autobase, the road rangers you see on the, the road in Florida, and they're in eight states, they're the largest in the nation. And the one gentleman, Matt, that runs the, the Florida area, ex-army captain, and he reinvented, well, he modeled the military, created a talk, hired for the most part veterans that were on the enlisted side that were higher ranking. Didn't reinvent the wheel, just more or less cookie cutter. Here's what the military did. Here's what I can do in the civilian world. He's done phenomenal. And it's just amazing if you can just think about, let's not reinvent things. Let's be smart about it. Let's give our people the right incentives. Let's give them the right tools, what you can accomplish. Wow. Well, you know, I, I hear you talk about Highland and I'm hearing foremost the, the impact the family values have because it's not only for the employees, but it's also for, for the community. Because I've been to plenty of, of different events that's been sponsored by Highland. So it, it opens up that footprint to the community and to individuals like myself and Enrique. And, and thanks for honoring us and different sponsorship from your company. So it's great. And I appreciate everything you all are doing. So how is Highland actually holding up within the current pandemic? And what are you all are currently doing? Sure. Um, so just like everybody else, we kind of hunkered down once mid-March came. It was funny. I was in New York for business meetings two days before all the airlines shut down. Haven't had COVID or any of that, but it was just one of those. I We got out by the skin of our teeth. Um, just like anything else, we had to go through the challenges of when you go remote, IT setup, computers. It's funny how you have two monitors and you think that's not a big deal until you get home and you've just got your laptop screen and you're going... Well, I've got this and I've, I, I, and you almost can't do it. So it, after that few weeks, it was amazing how much we didn't miss a beat, 
how much, even though we were deemed essential because you know we're helping with healthcare and all that stuff to, for the employees, it wasn't that tough. I mean, you had that few weeks that it was a little blip and you had to adjust, but man, it, it's been good. Um, and I think that started with leadership. The whole time they communicated with us, the whole time it was always, we wanna put the employees first. Um, to the tune that you know we're starting to come back to the office slowly and that's i'm in my office currently and um if there's folks that aren't comfortable coming back if they might be exposed to older folks that are more susceptible there's no pressure to come back it's an extremely fa family orientated uh company and so much so so it's uh mid-april you know pandemics raging everything's going on and all of us get a letter in the mail from the highlands saying hey thank you so much for all you do I'm paraphrasing, um, be on a phone call at this time, you should see something in the mail, you know, we just want to really get everybody on a phone call. So, you know, next week, package arrives the day and they say, don't open it until we're on this webinar. And we get on and, you know, the Highlands are thanking everybody and they sent everybody a mug, Stronger Together Highland, with a little card from the the sea level just saying how much they appreciated us and how much that they care and you know if we ever need anything we have direct access and it's just one of those that you don't see that in most organizations and I'd be remiss I kind of forgot to say it earlier that that's kind of what separates Highland from a lot of the others is I know that I have access to whatever I need if I need direct access to the higher ups I have the access if I need an industry expert that we have in a different office they pick up the phone and we get on the phone right away. It's just such a great flat organization as far as having direct access to those that you need. But after that day, my wife looked at me and she goes, you're so lucky to work for a company. I mean, look at what they did. They got you on a phone call and they sent everybody throughout the whole US to be on a call all at the same time and to get the mugs at the same time. So the, the logistical challenge behind that has got to be staggering and mind boggling, but it just shows you how much they care. So holding up great, we're doing good, we're slowly opening up as it makes sense. And if things spike, you know, that kind of uh, adjust and change. And their focus is always on the employees, their family, and to make sure that they're doing the right thing by them. That's so wonderful to hear. And, and yeah, it warms my heart. Uh, I'm sure the same for Vince, that uh, there are companies still out there centered in family, centered in people. I just spoke about that this last week, uh, people centered uh, or heart-centered leadership, and uh, it does it does give you warm and fuzzy about uh, companies like that still around and 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 thriving, and that's what's going to make the difference between surviving and thriving. Companies that yeah. uh, you know uh, perform in this way with their people. Now you have mentioned earlier, you know, a new branch, and and I love I love when I hear that in terms of companies, a new branch in the environment that we're in right and maybe that was older but you know and it just materialized but still it's growth in the company so we're uh what's on the horizon for highland sure um so just like anything the staggered approach opening the offices is kind of the immediate focus um and the the good part is orlando which is the office i'm out of is kind of the poster child or model you know, from opening up what it looks like, getting the PPE stuff up so that we're protected, the mass, uh, we shift, you know, the property casualty side comes in every other day, the employee benefits, alternate days, that way we're mitigating as much as possible. And um, 
just blessed that it's amongst all this, we've still had one of the best years. And our office is currently, I think we're number one, maybe we're number two, but it's looking pretty close that we might be the, the top office for the whole year. And that wasn't by accident. Um, from Brian Boone, the office president, to Bill Nolan, the operations, to all the folks here, they've been intentional about who they've hired because they wanted to create that team and culture and family and environment that we all want to work together. There's synergy. And it's just awesome to be around it. And it's just one of those that over time we want to try to replicate. So we've been asking, you know, prospects, clients, and this is more recently after COVID, you know, why are you choosing Highland? You know, what are we doing that's different? You know, uh, we know there's a ton of choices out there. And from first glance, they all, for the most part, look the same. And they said that the authenticity, the transparency, how much you all care, um, and how much you want to be a true consultant. We don't want to sell. We just want to give choices. And if we give choices and we give the right feedback and pros and cons, and we empower employers to make decisions, and we give both sides of the coin, here's from the financial, here's from your employees, here's what we've seen. And you know, there's times we don't know the answer to the question. So we say we don't know. We found that it's just one of those consultation versus chaos. And when the chaos part came out, I'm just thinking, man, that, that can't be a way that you're gonna do business. You, know, there, you, you have to consult. If I'm not giving you guys options, then I, there's no way you can do it. So it was just one of those reassuring things that we're doing the right things, the right steps and plans are in place. Let's just keep progressing on the path we're going. And I think we're headed in the right direction. And I think the awesome part is throughout all this, they're still asking, you know, from a nonprofit standpoint, here's the carriers that are given money. I mean, yesterday, my boss sends me an email saying, hey, this carrier is looking to donate money in the veteran community. I need a picture of you from some of the networking events and a tag and a caption. I'll submit it on your behalf. I already have all the stuff. He didn't have to do that. He gets hundreds of emails a day, but he's very intentional and he knows that that's extremely important and a passion for me. And he took the time to do that and is going out of his way to ensure that it gets in there, whether or not we win, you know, who knows, but it, it just shows the, how the family atmosphere that they have here. Right. In addition to the family atmosphere, it shows the, his, his leadership capabilities. 100%. We're going to dive into this subject about you and, and find out more about your leadership capabilities. So let's start off. Uh, what professional development areas do you work on to improve your capabilities as a leader? Ooh. Great question. Um, I think before we get into the whole leadership and we'll dive into that, I, I think it would be good for people to understand what a leader is, isn't, at least from my perspective. Um, a leader can come from any level. Most people think, you know, the leader's the owner, you know, the big wig of a company. And we all know that in the military, that just doesn't hold true. I mean, you can have a spiritual leader, you can have, you know, the yeah, financial, you can have all those. But I mean, it doesn't have to be even a person that's in power. It could be somebody that's just a normal employee, but they hold such sway over people that they follow what they do. So I think people really need to understand that the whole leadership aspect, it doesn't matter what level you're at. It doesn't matter what your title says. What really matters is, can you make an impact? Can I get people to do what they want to do? And we can all come together for a common goal. And so I think if people can get out of that, you know, the boss is the only one that can be the leader, uh, to me, that's garbage. To me, 
I could be the lowest level person and I can have as big or bigger of an impact if I can use my leadership qualities in the right way. So sorry, I digressed. It's just one of those, I don't want people to think that you have to be the somebody high up to be a leader. Um, man, I, to me, it's just a daily grind. Every day I wanna get incrementally better as a leader. Um, can't lie, there's gonna be days that you fail. There's gonna be days that you don't wanna be a leader. There's gonna be days that you do the wrong thing. That's okay. It's how you get back up. It's how you build to become a better leader. Um, every day I'm trying to read. It, it was something that I've noticed all the really good leaders read. Um, if you're not learning something new, you're kind of dying as far as the whole mental aspect. And I'm two pronged with the books. One's, you know, the leadership, rah, rah, motivation, stuff for work type books. And then I found that if that's all I ever read, at some point I got kind of bored and I didn't want to read the next book. So I implemented about two years ago that I love history. I love military. So every other book is some sort of historical book, something on the military, whether that's factual or fiction. And that kind of gets me going to the next book. And I found it's a really good combination. Um, I think one of the other big qualities is I can't think that I'm the best leader ever if I'm not doing stuff that my staff and the other folks around me are doing. So I love getting their feedback. What books are you reading? What hobbies do you like? I do a little uh, cheat sheet for everybody in the office and I forget, um, I can't remember. Um, I, somebody else gave me this form. And all the employees, it's, you know, your birthday, where do you like to eat? What's your favorite candy bar? You know, if you're going to have something on your birthday, do you like cake? If you were to be praised, do you, you know, in person, do you want private? And it's amazing what that does. It's been hard with COVID, but pre-COVID, you know, their birthday, they end up with whatever the cake they really wanted. That's the cake they're getting. They're not getting the generic ice cream cake that everybody in the office gets. You know, if you see them having a bad day and we can all tell, you know, they're down and, how awesome is it if you love lemonade and Kit Kats and there's a little card with lemonade and Kit Kats that says, hope you have a great day. Thanks for all you do. Man, they, their days brightened up and it's just like the little things like that, that I think separate those that quote unquote in the civilian world, if you're a manager or if you're a leader. And I think probably the last two, um, and I'll dive into the one more. So I'll kind of glance over it as um, mentors are key. And I'll get into that more later. And probably the last one is, you know, it's the mind, body, soul. Um, working out's been huge for me, you know, from stress relief, feel good, more energy, all that stuff. And it's going on probably about a year and a half. And it's amazing that, you know, I thought I was more like a skinny fat guy back in the day. And now that's almost gone. I wake up and if I miss a workout, I have to go work out at night. I'm waking up earlier, I'm getting more accomplished. It's just more that sense of pride. So those are kind of some of the stuff that I do on the leadership side and really think that you have to tie it back to your people. Because if you're not and you just think you're the best leader and you know I read this book and this is, no, you're missing the point. It's all about people, it's all about engaging. And it's all about what can you do to help them get where they wanna go. Because if I can get them to get where they're trying to go to, they'll do anything I ask because they know I've got their back. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I was I was just about to ask you how you know some tips for emerging leaders, but those are it right there, folks. Uh, if you're wanting to become a leader, follow those attributes. Follow those things that will put you in touch with your people, because 
we you know you know it that people say oh the people are the greatest asset uh but they're make they're paying more attention to the bottom line right so uh, don't mix and mince the words there if you want to be a great leader and you are an emerging leader follow those steps to touch point with your people will get you way higher on the leadership side in the minds of folks than a position will ever uh, so I so I want to jump into uh, the leadership challenges right because they undoubtedly there's going to be some challenges sure there's going to be some things that uh, that you face on a day to day. So, uh, what challenges uh, do you face, and you know how are you addressing those? Sure. So, to me, there's kind of three, and the first one's uh, a learn challenge, if you will, and it's on the mentor side. So, I, you need to have mentor, and I, not one. It's mentors. I should have said with plural, and you need one if it's in your career. It could be spiritually. It could be emotionally, physically, and you need to find those folks that are really where you want to be or where you're trying to get to. And the part that was hard for me at the time was, you know, I had these great leaders and I'd outgrown them and it took me forever. And it took other leaders and other people that I knew telling me you outgrew those mentors. That's okay. That's what you're supposed to do now on to the next. And to get in that mindset of if we get a mentor today, having the candid conversation of at some point, we're probably going to go outgrow each other. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Let's go on to the next one. And it's almost that we're building and we're building and we're building and we can get ourselves higher and higher. And it's amazing what you can do when you do that. Um, which leads me kind of to the second point, which is complacency. Um, I'm in a good spot as far as family and, you know, all those things. So complacency is the killer of almost anything. And what I found is when I finally added that nonprofit giving back mostly to the military community, which is my passion, um, that's what's helped step me up. That's what's got me going to at this point. And I want to become known as the benefit sergeant. I want to like my whole target market now is veterans, you know, the government contractors, those that help the military, just we know the military is what keeps us safe. So what better way can I give back than to do that? And when I added, you know, the family with the work and all that stuff, and then I added the giving back, especially because I'm so passionate on military, I'm jazzed to get up. I want to get up. I want to do more. I want to, what else can I do in the community? Because then I can show my kids that they can do this. Then I can give back more to this, whatever the nonprofit is, whether it's the camaraderie or the others. And it just, it's amazing. And so that's still a daily struggle though, because you wake up and man, I had a really good month, you know, I don't need to do anything. Well, no, you do. And here's why. So it's get, getting those priorities. And I think the last that's, for me anyway, is asking for help. Vince, he can attest to this. I, I love helping everybody. Uh, bend over backwards, whatever you need. And then people say, well, what do you need? I ah, don't worry about me. You know, if you ever need blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? It took me almost 16 years for PTSD to finally start going to back to the VA, which is what I finally started about a week ago, um, because I didn't want to ask for help. Um, it took me way longer than I should have to get mentors because I wouldn't ask for help. Even to this day, it's one of those things that I have to remind myself and I'll write it out on my daily planner. Sometimes it's okay to ask for help or, you know, those little affirmations to remind myself that, hey, help's a good thing. 
everybody wants to, I mean, if you're genuine and you're trying to help others, people want to help you and that's an okay thing. So those are probably my biggest challenges is uh, the mentors, the complacency and uh, asking for help is probably the biggest. Oh, absolutely. And, and hearing you say that sounds also, you dove in to talk about some strategies as well. And it's great to hear. So uh, any last tips as far as strategies and just culminate this with how do people reach out to you and how do people reach out to Highland? Uh, 100%. Um, I think the biggest strategy is you have to be intentional, just like anything else. So if we use the military, you know, we're prepping, we do sand tables, we do rehearsals, we've got, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F alternates. And then we know as soon as the first bullet flies, we're already the Z, but that's a different story, different day. I think on the, on this side, we've got to be intentional as well. If I don't have goals and if I don't make my goals 10 times more impactful than they need to be, how am I going to wake up every day with passion? How am I going to push myself when that day's long to get to where I want to go? Um, and then reevaluating those goals as you go. Um, I think the other biggest thing, uh, at least for me, was passion. What are you passionate about? Um, I love what I do here at Highland, but the cherry on top is the giving back and the military community and the nonprofit work and all that that they allow me to do. And it, that was the missing component for me, at least. And I, I think a lot of folks, if they would go whatever their passion is, as far as on the nonprofit side, give it a shot, they'd find how rewarding it really is. Um, as far as getting a hold of me, if anybody ever needs anything, um, my cell phone, 407-463-2384. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jeremiah Fuller. Um, Highland, H-Y-L-A-N-T.com is the website. Or if they want to email me, um, Jeremiah, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H, dot Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, at H-Y-L-A-N-T dot com. Um, and then how do they get a hold of you both? Thank you both so much. I mean, this was amazing. You two do so much for the community. Um, can't thank you enough. Hopefully it was uh, insightful and people got a few tips out of it. Yeah, no, we're definitely blessed to have had you and heard you. Uh, like we mentioned early on, we know you from the community. We know what you do uh, and we can attest uh, to that you are service oriented. Um, I mentioned in, in, in our dialogue how you helped me personally and, and I'm so appreciative of that. Uh, folks, uh, reach out to Jeremiah. We'll make sure to have all that information a part of the video, all the actual comments. Uh, but if you would like to you know, reach out to us at the Leadership Void, uh, it's theleadershipvoid at gmail.com uh, and you can write us uh, if you want to praise us, uh, if you could write us, if you want to uh, find out uh, some information about leadership you would like for us to cover, we will gladly look at that information and, and, uh, and prioritize. Uh, if you want us to, you know, wear your swag, we, we love the swag, right? We love the, the books, we love the mugs. Uh, feel free to contact us uh, so that we can get you a way to uh, get that to us. But uh, um, Vince, we're back uh, on the road. Uh, mm. this next week, right? So who, who we have? All right. Well, before I start out with next week, everybody, thank you again, Jeremiah Fuller, the thank Sergeant you. of Benefits. We definitely appreciate your time. And to Enrique's point, we're back on the road next week. We're going back to D.C., uh, the nation's capital, 
and we're going to speak with uh, Megan Olgavi, which is the CEO of DogTag Inc. It's an amazing nonprofit in the heart of Georgetown that empowers vet veterans, spouses, and caregivers to discover and find their purpose in the community outside the military. So they are baking a difference, and you'll hear more about it next week. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for being here. Jeremiah, it's been a pleasure, and we'll see everybody next week. Thank you, Bo. Humbled and honored. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Board Podcast. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you are dealing with leadership issues, be sure to write us at theleadershipvoid at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Until next time.